this thought this way. Um, I've never gone in this particular direction. I've wanted to. And as most of you know, that when I am asked to come speak at a church, it's usually to speak on the eagle or America the Addicted. Those are the two signature things that God has given me right now for the nation. And uh, the not not the weight or the responsibility, but the horror of what's happening right now in our nation. Uh, the past couple of days, as the TV has been left on headline news, as I've been staying up with the trial of uh, Mr. Murray, uh, a doctor that was hired by Michael Jackson to wake him up, shut him down. Wake him up, shut him down. And uh, for a salary of $150,000 a month, he did not do very good. He lost focus, he lost track, and Mike, Michael died on his watch. And uh, there, will be, there will be a price to pay for that responsibility. Any doctor, any nurse that has, has the ability to be attached to any kind of medication, there is a moral responsibility upon them. Uh, I'll be very careful what I say, but there are two bartenders in this city that are being sued for criminal content because they served a minor beyond the, beyond the phase of being able to tolerate the alcohol. Both those kids left the bar, and they, they're dead. They're, I hope they're in heaven. We don't know where they are. But there is a responsibility from a doctor, a nurse, a bartender, a waiter, a waitress in handling that. There's also a responsibility in the hearts of us today. We are that watchman. We're the one that does not speak an uncertain word. We're the one that declares the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he comes that we might have life. And the best drug you'll ever take is called the gospel. And, and seven times a day, David said, I'm going to focus on the gospel. I'm going to put the gospel in my spirit early in the morning by focus on the gospel. He's not talking about uh, nicotine or caffeine. He's talking about the power of the Holy Ghost that God has given us. Give the Lord a hand cup of appreciation. What a great-looking youth group. Um, actually, is the hand better? Sort of, sort of better? We're believing complete resurrection. We got you a wetsuit. We'll take you out before the winter's over. Let you right tackle your fear. If you have a Bible with you today, go with me to Proverbs, the 30th chapter. And I will turn over there with you. If I, if I had a thought or a title, and, and the guys have been so good to title things for Facebook, if I had a thought or a title, my thought or title today would be the way, look at somebody say the way, of an eagle in the air. The way of an eagle in the air. What an honor to have your mom here. She's not here very often, so I'm going to preach two hours solid to make sure she feels like she really got the best of both worlds. If I could have your attention just for a moment and focus on a man that we know to be by the name of Solomon. We know David was going through depression, was at a place he should not have been, saw something he should not have seen, lusted for something that was not his, brought her into his castle, and she got pregnant. He tried to bring her husband home so that he could sleep with her so everything would be okay, but the warrior wouldn't go home. He'd laid down the king's gate, feeling if, if, my, if my fellow soldiers could not be at home, why should I? David set this man up to be destroyed, he was murdered on the he was abandoned on the battlefield. A baby was born, a baby with no name. The baby was never maimed. David fasted, prayed. God took the baby. 
David washed his face, washed his countenance, and called out in Psalms 51, Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy tender mercies. David did the right thing after this, this, this man of war died. The time passed. David brought Bathsheba into his home, into his house. He married her, and there she had a son by the name of Solomon. And as we begin to look at the ministry that David had built around a st five stones and a sling, being faithful, play a harp like no one's business. He was so talented in music that when he played demons, I mean, how, how cool would that be, Chris? Just get out there, just, just start jamming every demon city, leave and go to another city. That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? But uh, on his day, deathbed, he had conquered the world, Laura. He conquered the entire, David had conquered the entire world. And on his deathbed, his little wife reminded him, you promised me that you'd anoint my son and he'd be king. There are actually two other guys that were more qualified to be David's heir. But because of a promise that David made to a wife, he allowed Solomon to be raised up to be king. Solomon began to pray and began to ask God for things. He said, I don't want wealth. I don't want money. I don't want prestige. I want wisdom. I want wisdom and with knowledge. I want to know when to apply the knowledge, when not to apply it. And the Bible declares that Solomon was the wisest man next to Jesus that ever lived. I'm going to question that in just a minute. The Bible also says he was the wealthiest man that ever lived. And I could see having 300 wives and 700 girlfriends, Solomon certainly had to be wealthy. Can anybody relate? Now, to be told that he is the wisest man that, that ever lived, certainly he was the wealthiest to take care of all those girlfriends and wives, but to be the wisest man that ever lived, I, I question that validity, although it's there. He obviously, had, he obviously had wisdom, but he should have stopped at two wives. Just should have left it alone at two wives and, and gone in that direction. He did not, but through his life, trying to pursue God and trying to find God a time or two. He got lost from God. He got, got, got close to God. One afternoon, Solomon, under the anointing of the power of the quill, makes a statement. He said, there are four things. There are three things, if you go with me to Proverbs 30. Verse 18. There be three things which I knowest not. Let me just hypothetically ask you a question this morning. If you had the opportunity to ask Warren Buffett one question, what would that question be? If you this morning had the ability to visit with Bill Gates and you say, hey, I've got one question for you, what would that question be? If you had an audience with Billy Graham, what a great man of God, and the opportunity to ask him a question, just, just one question, what would that question be? What would, it, what would it be like to be Solomon know that God has put a label on you and God has put an anointing on you that you're the wisest man that ever lived. You're going you're gonna to write the book of Proverbs. You're going to write Song of Solomon. You're going to write Ecclesiastes. You're going to write some of the Psalms. You're going to do all of that. What would be the one thing that Solomon would say to us that is great? We find in, in Proverbs, the 30th chapter, he says this. There are three things that are too incredible the fourth, I cannot even comprehend. And the most important, the most significant, the most valuable thing in Solomon's life, up to that age, he makes a statement. The way of an eagle in the air. 
for a man that wise and that wealthy and that sovereign to make that kind of statement obviously Solomon had spent some time observing the eagle amen he not only says the way of an eagle in the air but he talks about the way of a snake upon the rock those of you that have been with me in this saga the eagle saga has been going on 28 years I've taught you several times the number one enemy of the baby eaglet is a rattlesnake the eaglet if it does not learn how to fly it will not survive because the snake will hide in the rocks and when mom and dad is not watching not paying attention that snake will come up and gobble up that 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 bird that cannot fly so we see the most wonderful thing he's ever observed is the way of an eagle in the air and then he brings reference to the way of a of a snake upon a rock and then he makes reference to a, a ship at sea I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of going out in the deep deep ocean going deep sea fishing and having a boat leave you and see that boat those motors push up a powerful weight but in just a few seconds that weight is completely leveled and there's absolutely no sign that that ship has ever been there you know I think the Holy Ghost operates that way sometimes I believe the Holy Ghost will come upon come upon us bless us touch us and he's gone before we even realize he was here can anybody relate see if it's always church as usual then we expect a couple of choruses a couple of songs a couple of things happen at the altar a sermonette then everybody to out back before 12 15 and we've done what God wants us to do not realizing that God has brought four more, far more for us than what we took if we would just be a little stingy a little selfish a little jealous and hold on for a little bit more or ask for just a little bit more and then he talks about the way of a man with a maiden I've uh humored myself watching Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer I'm sorry if those names mean nothing to you that was before color in the black and white days when Tom Sawyer was quite a character as was Huckleberry Finn but Tom Sawyer had a girlfriend by the name of Rebecca I think her name was Fletcher does that sound right but whatever her name was he had a crush on her and you would not believe the wild crazy stupid things he would do to get her attention I've gone with the youth several times to Florida. I'll see one young man thinks the little girl's attracted to him or he thinks she's cute or whatever, and he'll, he'll do flips off the diving board. He'll jump off the roof of the pool. He'll, he'll, he'll ride a motorcycle backwards. I mean, it is scary what a guy will do to get the attention of a girl. Now, that didn't cost anything. I just thought I'd throw that out there and just leave it out there for you to enjoy. There is a, there is a process that God wants you to go through as we can declare the way of the eagle in the air and I, I guess the purpose of Pastor Ronda and I and I wrote down some of these things I'll look at them in just a minute but I think the purpose of Pastor Ronda and I are threefold the reason you're here today is to learn something you did not know to conquer something that's come against you that needs to be conquered you're here today to receive supplement you're here to receive spiritual food spiritual strength to encourage you to do something you've never done that's why you're here today you're also here today to to brag on and love and encourage one another we come here to edify the body of Christ to build up the body of Christ to build up your gift that your gift may be used whatever area of gift that is that's why God has brought you here he didn't just bring here to edify and and to equip but he, he brought you here to honor you to know this is this is his plan for your life his plan for your life is to consistently consistently serve him and when the time comes when he says the time has come to open up a door and pour you out stuff that you can't even handle you got to give away am I helping anybody in the building so so as we look at this process and we've walked through this this story for years concerning the eagle and I've, I've been very very uh, direct when I've talked to you about the mating of the eagle 
the eagle like the dove they mate forever I talked to you about the wingspan of an eagle a bald eagle wingspan can be up to eight feet I talked about the nest of the eagle the largest nest of the eagle is in Florida it's over three tons I talked to you about the lifestyle of the eagle how the eagle will not fight or quibble with his, his, his uh, peers but he will fly towards the sun and disappear in the, in the clouds of what God has directed to hide him in We've talked about the, the faithfulness of, a, of an eagle to his mate or to her mate. We talked about restoration. But as I was going through the word of God today and last night, I think some things just jumped out on me that if I, if I may, I'd like to share them with you. Is that okay? Everybody said, I think that's, that's okay. If today you are a part of the body of Christ it is because you have accepted Christ as your savior and made him the Lord of your life that's called born again and when you are born again in the kingdom of God in that season being born again God has committed to you to provide provision care anointing fellowship love so that while you're a baby you can enjoy you can grow and enjoy the things of God the king never sent a child to battle. The mom never sent her son to war. There was a season of preparation. There was a season of growing. There was a season of learning. I think one of the main struggles in, in being a part of a drug rehab is that when you're away from all the elements of the world and all of a sudden your, your body's clean and you're eating better than you've ever eaten and you're feeling better than you've ever felt and you got rid of all the cigarettes and nicotine and all the crud and everything that came after about three months of, of being clean, you say, man, I'm ready. I'm healed. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to get right back out there. And that is a trick of the enemy because the enemy knows there are seasons in your life you've got to walk through and you've got to sort out. But God will never send a baby Christian to battle. But in that, in, in that process of being born again, he promises I will bring provision. And all we're supposed to do with that provision, David, is simply grow. If we're eating what God has given us and we're, we are sorting out what God has given us and we're letting it feed our spirit, then something should happen to our spiritual demeanor. Can anybody relate? We shouldn't get so easily influenced by the cares of yesterday. We shouldn't get so angry about the things that used to anger us. We shouldn't get so torn up about things we cannot fix. But we learn that we've been adopted by the King of Glory, and we are now adopted by that blood of Jesus, and we're part of that family, and it's okay to be a baby for a while. He said, as sincere babes desire the milk of the word. It's okay to go to every single revival there is. It's okay to watch everything on television. It's okay to have prayer meetings all, all, all the time. That's what a new Christian does. That's what a baby does. And while a baby Christian is growing in the presence of God, God's provision will be upon that baby. But I, as I look at my notes, I realize that you can't just be born again because if you eat what God has given you, you're going to go through a spiritual adolescence where you're actually going, as a child, you're going to start growing up. And there are things about sometimes growth that are uncomfortable. A couple of nights ago, I heard the baby crying. I got up, and I said, what's, what's wrong with Christine? Well, her feet hurt her. Well, why did her feet hurt her? Well, she's having growing pains. And I, I remember as a kid, of course, my, my entire junior high, uh, pre-junior pre high days, I never lived without a scab. Can anybody relate? I never, uh, we, took a, we took a steel wheel skateboard, tied to the rope of a friend that was a drug addict and he pulls down the road about 60 miles an hour and that, that steel skateboard would hit a crack and would stay right there and you go flying I'm, I'm telling you I had all, both my elbows both my I don't know why I told you that but there's a there's something that happens 
when you're eating and growing there's something that happens and it's called spiritual maturity you actually realize that I don't need a pastor 24-7 to hold my hand yes you realize I don't need to be on Benny Hinn's prayer line every time there's a there's a challenge in my life well I don't have to run over here to this guy's marriage seminar I don't have to go over and watch this guy's financial seminar I'm in a place now where I am understanding what the word of God is saying and I'm developing and I'm growing as I feed on the word of God I am growing look at somebody and say I am growing go ahead in that phase where you begin to develop not just not just grow but you begin to develop your spiritual gifts. I'll be very careful here about spiritual gifts. As you are, as you are growing what God, is, as God wants you to grow, God will bring men and women in your life being used of, of him to feed you and bless you. Write this down if you will. You never need anybody in your life that has a hid, hidden agenda. You never need anybody that's trying to raise up their own denomination, their own cult, their own gang, their own, their own church, their own this, their own that. You want people speaking to your life that have lived the life, walked the road, charted the course, and now is flying, and God brings them into your life to mentor you and give you the ability to grow. And all this time this is taking place, God is hovering over you to make sure no snakes, no enemy, nothing can hurt and come against you. I'll be very brief in this illustration, but at a very young age, somewhere around the age of 10, Courtney began to discern when there are people that came into our life that weren't supposed to be in our life every time they came around she'd get nauseated and and not just one not just two but probably about five experiences in the past 21 years 10 years old there was some kind of nudge there from the holy ghost or something from god it was a warning and and as it was almost like matter of fact she never missed it she never, somebody would come in and do something or lay something down or be apart and she'd go to her mom she said mom i do not i get i get nauseated and, and i get and five out of five later on through life it, ter- it determined that there was something wrong there was either a Jezebel spirit or some kind of spirit that would try to destroy the things of God it came as an angel it looked as an angel it put money in the offering as an angel but it was, it was an attack of the enemy to try to hurt the kingdom of God thank God that he's putting you gifts he's putting you fruits you need to examine them out you need to search them out you need to find out what okay if I'm supposed to be growing up and I don't have to call the pastor every 30 days what am I supposed to be doing with life well I'm supposed to be maturing well what am I supposed to be doing in that maturing find out what your call is find out the call of compassion the call of prayer the call of exhorting the call of giving the call of forgiving the call of encouraging the body what is that particular gift and let God allow it to grow and as we step in that phase we will go into the final phase of what I call maturity and that's where we reach a place with God that we soar where he is and we stay there for a while now three times twice two times three times but I don't know the third person but three times somebody has been driving down this freeway has seen our church on fire has pulled off the freeway got on the phone and called the fire department and we had fire department uh, trucks pull out for the lobby and there was nothing wrong there was nothing wrong in those in those moments that was about 10 years ago in those moments as this church went through a storm I was called outside one evening uh, Wednesday about 20 minutes before 7 and one of the kids said pastor look and probably about 10,000 feet high or 15,000 feet high there were three eagles never seen them before have never seen them again but these eagles were soaring around this building and as we stood there and watched it and I began to remember what the scripture said about how God will place you on eagles wings and that you can soar when you watch an eagle that's soaring there's absolutely no effort there's no motion they don't flap a wing they don't anger their body 
but they manage as they begin to pursue the second heaven how many knows the second heaven how many knows the reason that Mount Everest was not climbed for a long time because it was 80 below how many knows pretty cold 80 below is pretty cold how many knows that, that the, the air becomes so thin you had to have oxygen how many knows the eagle is the only creature of, nation, of, the, of nature that can survive in the second heaven as we were watching as we were watching these eagles and, and matter of fact we watched them all the way up to church time and came back after church and they were still out there Bryce it just seemed like they, they, they made up their mind they were just circling directly around the boundaries of his 16 acres of course we've seen God do so many great things and so many wonderful things but when you, when, you, when, you, when you speculate or when you do any study upon the wingspan of the eagle, the, the, the entire Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States was signed by an eagle quill, eagle quill dipped in ink. How cool is that? Bing Franklin thought the eagle was lazy. He just did not know that the eagle had tied into a power greater than himself, and that's why that eagle can do that. Listen, I don't believe it's God's will for us to stomp, march, run, limp, Walk. I think sometimes God just wants us to learn that there are new places, new heights, new new developments that we can be with Him, and we can find that place of soar, and we can we can begin to circle that that draft and get closer and closer and closer. All of a sudden, get to a place where God actually says to Enoch, "You're too close to my house. Just come on home with me for a while." Would it be something if God came to where you were and said, "I've been watching your faithfulness. I've been watching your devotions. I've been watching your your offerings. There's a place I want to take you." Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be sad if we were too busy to take that little window and just say, okay, God, I'm ready for you to take me where you want me to take me. And if it's not business as usual, God will take you where he wants you to take you. Uh, the only thing I'd like to add to this, this thought this morning, and I, I want to focus on this a week after the Sunday conference. There are times in your life when God will stir your nest. There are times in your life when the enemy will like you to move from where you're at. We have to have the relationship with God enough to, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. The voice of another will not follow. We have got to know the voice of God strong enough to know this is of God or this is not of God. A week from Sunday, I'm going to teach you. There are 11 things that you can, a test you can give yourself to see, is this God really stirring my nest? And then there's 11 things that this is not God stirring my nest. So that means you all got to come back after Pastor Jeremy is here and hear the remainder of this sermon because I haven't quite got it already. But I want to leave it with you. I want to let you know that I believe that there are angels on high looking over God's people. I believe he's looking down upon us. I think we have a call right now to the prodigal. I believe a call the drug addict, the alcoholic. I believe God wants to turn those things. I, I think this would just be something to kick these walls out and say, this is just a new hospital in town. We've got new bars. We've got new restaurants. We've got new banks. Why can't we just have a, a brand new hospital that whosoever can come as they are and they're accepted just the way they are and they can follow and pursue the things of God that God has for them. I was going to share with you a... Uh, uh, an eagle story just to stay here about the thought of the eagle the strength of an eagle Pastor Bryce is so phenomenal that I've got a uh, American Geographic from Australia where they've got a video of a golden eagle which weighs about 12 pounds and this golden eagle had picked up a kangaroo and carried it over 100 yards before he realized it was too heavy for him to carry and he, and he drops it don't be afraid to do big things for God. Don't be afraid to step, 
to step out of that nest. If God is stirring some things in your heart and spirit, don't be afraid to follow that stirring, to follow that unction. Let's just read Deuteronomy 28. Real quick. I want to thank you this morning for bearing with me as obviously I don't feel all that great. Deuteronomy 32, verse 10. He found, can I change that word to us? He found us in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. Think about that for a minute. The waste howling wilderness. Remember four weeks ago we talked about God invading your wilderness? God speaking life, new birth, inception, conception in the wilderness. He found him in the wilderness, in the waste, howling wilderness. He led him about. Watch this. This is our God leading us. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirreth her nest and fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taking them, bearing them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. This is a prophetic word. This is a prophetic word to several of us that I think we've been baby eagles long enough. I think, I think we've been pampered long enough. I think we've been applauded long enough. I think, bragged, I think now there's some results that, that, that we should produce. I know when a, a baseball team or a football team, person, athlete, I know they take a year or two to really, but after about the third year, it's time for that quarterback to throw that ball because they're spending millions of dollars. But I believe this is where God wants to take us right now. Look, look at verse 12. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there's no strange God with him. And he made him, can you say us? To ride on the high places of the earth, and that he might eat the increase of the fields, that he made him suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. Now you've heard Pastor tell about the, the bees that come and deposit honey. You've heard Pastor talk about the flinty rock. It's a rock, that, it's a rock that has oil coming from it. When the eagle goes in the second heaven, wet, the weather's 80 below zero. The winds are howling 30, 60 miles an hour. The winds can crash him into a tree or crash him to the side of a mountain. But we know that his wings get tattered, they get torn, they get swollen, they get wore out. And that's why God places rocks in the wilderness for them to go to that rock knowing there's oil there knowing that there's provision there, knowing that there's, there's blessing there, and they will stay and they will rub up against that rock and get their, get their wings coated the best they can. Then they will go to the honey, they'll eat that honey and get their strength so they can live another day. That was then. Look at somebody say, that was then. I believe we're coming to a season of life where we no longer need to brush up against great people. I'm in a place right now, we don't have to have all the best CDs and VDs and the best, all of that great people. I believe we have matured to the degree that God wants the oil to come out of us and out of our belly, rivers of living water would flow and that we would assess the situation and we would determine what's going on and we would make decisions and they would be godly decisions. God built a hedge around this house, built a hedge around this, this week. Let, let no plan of the enemy come to pass, but let them all lay void and, and defiled at your feet. What you have planned, you will do. If you touch one, it is worth it all. If you change the heart of one, it's worth it all. If one person turns from, from hell to heaven, it's worth it all. If one mom, if one dad steps up to that anointing and favor and walks in it, it's worth it all. 
Lord, it's you that places results upon meeting. So we just do what you've called us to do, to gather your name, be faithful to praise you and worship you. And we declare that in the name of Jesus. And you all said, thank you this morning.